Right on, right on. Welcome to Racer's Alley. And uh, yeah, I decided to kind of preempt our usually weirdness by uh, hijacking the actual uh, airwaves for a second and putting on this green al album. I think it's called, uh, uh, what's a Floating Goat or something. Uh, he's, yeah, that was Brian's in my way, so I can't see yeah. the number. Uh, what's it called, Brian? Oh, two. Sorry. Uh, it's called Floating Goat, and it was pretty fantastic. I walked in. I didn't think Alex picked it out. Yeah, well, yeah, there was two Billy Joels over there, and he'd kill me if I played another one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, talking about that, uh, welcome to Racer's Alley here at Meet Any Radio, and happy birthday to VTR Chuck. I just saw him earlier, and he couldn't come in tonight, but he, he really wanted to, and uh, it's his birthday, so you are. Happy, happy birthday, birthday, Chuck. Chuck. You are. You are. So anyways, uh, yeah, I saw that album there, and I'm almost wondering if uh, Kim, uh, um, Pantastic, uh, our captain here, left it out for us uh, just so I could play it, you know, rather than the two Billy Joel albums behind it. Because I know she really, uh, she's, she's ran that before. But uh, so, you know, these folks, they sound like they're up your alley. You they, know. they are. <laughs> I don't know them, but I would listen to more. I think we should continue playing that track when we go back off the air while I get set up. Okay. Uh, no problem with that. And you can look over the album. But uh, again, thank you for being here at Racer's Alley in the heart of the mission with uh, Mutiny Radio. And uh, Pam's uh, going to have a great show tonight, actually. Uh, last night, like I was mentioning, I'll mention her full schedule nowadays. Uh, on our show, but uh, last night, Wednesday at 7.30 at Asiento, uh, right down the street at 21st and Bright here, uh, she had, you know, they have a great outdoor dining and uh, great food, actually. Uh, burgers look great and libations are wonderful. And uh, at 7.30, she has a show and they sold out last night, so that was really, really cool. Uh, yara Yara, and uh, congratulations, Pam, on that one. It's always nice. And uh, so, like I mentioned earlier, you know, uh, now on Thursday, she's actually splitting her time between Emperor Norton's and uh, the bar on Dolores. So tonight, she'll be at the the bar on Dolores at 7:30, and that's over at 29th and Dolores. Yeah, I got, got a great beer special and uh, nice outdoor dining and uh, yeah, uh, nice patio to sit on and, and just chill out and have a libation of that good stuff and laugh. So it's always nice to laugh outdoors and uh, especially nowadays, uh, get some fresh air since we all been cooped up for so so long. So yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah, congratulations, Pam, on your uh, sold out show at Asiento last night and uh, yeah, they're a great place to go, a great place to eat, and uh, every Wednesday it's good to be there, you know and uh, Tonight, she'll be at the bar on Dolores at 7.30 p.m. on 29th and Dolores. You can sit outside, listen to, great, some, uh, listen to some great comedy as well as, uh, you know, uh, have some good drinks and uh, possibly some good food. Yar. So, uh, anyways... Um, Next week will be Thanksgiving. I think we'll all be off, actually. Uh, she might have a little bit of a shindig here, uh, from what I hear. But, uh, you know, uh, for anyone who's uh, yeah, just chilling out, uh, next week we will be off and have a great Thanksgiving. So uh, that's all i got to say about that one. But uh, let's see. On Friday, Pam will have her free comedy, uh, 6 p.m. at Muni Radio here at uh, 21st in Florida. It's always great to come in and, and uh, enjoy comedy. There's, of course, a place to uh, donate. Uh, we can always use uh, help, and uh, Milk Crate knows what that one is. Uh, uh, yes, yeah, so you can go to the website pcrcollective.org, or you can Venmo directly at Mutiny Radio. Yeah, we are, and everything helps. I mean, all we are here, I mean, we're, we're trying to get by after the uh, COVID and stuff. A lot of our slots got emptied, uh, you know, so uh, folks can still do their shows. Uh, that being said, you know, Mutiny Radio uh, has a bunch of slots during the week, uh, one hour, two hour slots. You can always rent and talk about whatever you want, spin whatever tunes you want. If you love Billy Joel, that's your thing. You know, uh, as long as you come in and just chill out and uh, pay your dues, you can always have an hour of time here in the studio just to... Uh, uh, 
do whatever you wish. So, yeah, so that's always nice. And uh, Meet Any Radio here, like I said, uh, free comedy here, 6 p.m., uh, 21st in Florida. All those folks that, uh, you know, Pam works with, uh, they come and do a, a great live show. You know, uh, Mondays, they usually have a joke workshop here. And uh, with the joke workshop, what happens is... Um, you know, folks who've never actually done comedy before, they come in, they bring with the, you know, their, their, their scripts and such. And uh, everyone sits around, has a couple of minutes in, on a stage here. Mutiny Radio has a nice stage with the uh, mics and chairs. And so you get a real atmosphere. It really is a nice, you know, a studio here for that. And uh, as far as uh, learning how to tell jokes, what you'll do is you'll do your skit and, you know, uh, people will laugh, people may not. And then from there, everyone sits down and talks together and critiques each other. And uh, you can keep doing that on and on. And uh, what that joke workshop does turn into is uh, obviously the comedy uh, 6 p.m. on any radio here live. So uh, you kind of progress. And then when you feel like uh, dipping your foot in your pool, uh, the, in the pool, so to speak, you can actually, you know, uh, do live comedy on Fridays if you if uh, you feel confident and you got your uh, your skit down. And it's always nice like that. And it, it's a great place to do that. Uh, Pam does a lot of um, uh her heart's in it as far as uh, get more comedians out there and uh, she'll do whatever she can to make you succeed. So that's always, always cool. And of course, if, uh, you know, uh, I think it might be raining this weekend, so it's always nice to have a brunch somewhere and laugh. And uh, Saturday, Mutiny Radio has brunch and laughs at Atlas Cafe over here at uh, 2 p.m. And uh, that's always nice to be out there. 2 p.m. is good enough for me for breakfast on a Saturday. So that, that works out well. And why not laugh while you're having a nice, uh, you know, uh, Let's see, what are usually a Bloody Mary or something, mimosa. So, yar. Anyways, uh, thank you for being here at Meet Any Radio in the heart of the mission. Uh, Racers Alley will be on in a little bit. Uh, at six, uh, we have some callers, uh, you know, uh, coming in. Uh, um, yar. Uh, we, we just had a nice race over here. Uh, Pedro, Pedro Valdez Valdez uh, did a show down there at, uh, at, uh, at the... Uh, San Pedro Martir Hill Climb, as well as the Baja International Tourist Cup. And uh, it was a very, very big deal, uh, especially after COVID last year, shut things down. It, 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 I can't imagine the amount of pressure it takes to uh, produce a road race or a you know hill climb. And uh, it, he did both. So that was really, really great. That just happened here uh, a couple of weeks ago. So uh, that being said, we're going to have some, I want to have some racers. I would like to have some racers call in from uh, both those races over the next few weeks. And, uh, you know, nice to hear from them, uh, thank their sponsors, and, you know, hear the stories and about the bikes they had and, of course, the course and the time they had over there. So that's really, really cool. Um, we are going to have some races calling this week. Uh, Andrew Goyer, uh, Goyer um, he's going to be calling around uh, 620. Uh, Samuel Gluss is going to be calling around 650. And Stuart Clotworthy is going to be calling around 7.20. All those three names I, I practiced before I started the show. And I think, Andrew, I still got your last name, and Gower. I think I'm figuring it out. But they are really tongue tires. You say those three names, I bet you people can't say it in a row a bunch of times. I'm just saying. So, yeah, Andrew Gower, Samuel Gluss, and Stuart Clotworthy will be calling in uh, respectively around 6.20, 6.50, and 7.20. And uh, they all ran over at the San Pedro Material Hill Climb. They placed well. Uh, it, whoever finishes, everyone finished. When you run a road race, when you finish, you're a winner. You know, that's all I care about, you know. And, you know, some did better than others. And it's always nice to have, a, you know, uh, uh, stories to talk about. So each, each of these boys uh, did really, really well. 
And uh, I'll be reading off also some of the roster of the other folks who got through if I can today. But uh, hopefully we'll hear from all them racers and uh, they can call in and let us know. Uh, uh, just tell us some stories. You know, uh, I believe Andrew came in at 17th up there on the, the Martin Hill climb, but he was first middleweight. And Samuel uh, came in uh, 11th on the hill climb, but he was first in the super sport. And Stuart Clotworthy, I believe, was 10th in the hill climb. And uh, I've still got to ask him what uh, bike he was running. And also they did really well on the... Um, you know, Baja International Tourist Cup as well. So everyone has stories. Everyone really did a great uh, you know, job. And uh, thank you, Pedro, for uh, making this happen. Uh, boy, I wish I could have been there. But, uh, you know, uh, getting all these folks on here telling stories will uh, get a lot closer there. So uh, we'll uh, talk to you soon. Uh, we're going to take a little break, too, about uh, well, let's give us 10 minutes here, and uh, we'll get back on. And uh, Milk Crate's going to be playing some music, and uh, yar yar. Yeah, we're going to continue with that floating goat, because I want to hear the rest of that track. And uh, <laughs> then we're going to move on to Uncle Acid and the Deadbeats. Yar yar. Uh, right on. Uh, thank you for uh, being here at uh, listening to Racer's Alley at Mutiny Radio. Yar yar.
Yari Yar, welcome to Racer's Alley, and holy moly, you know, uh, as usual, our talks in between the actual show are always interesting, and I, I should really always have a live mic on. Thank you for the music here, Mulcrey, and um, Yar, uh, so Wade was talking about the Baja International Tourist Cup, I believe, and uh, Yar, uh, it's quite an, it, it, it's uh, interesting, the topography that you were mentioning, I mean, you, you got up to speeds that uh, were well over 150. 170 plus? Yeah, something like that. You got to hold on to them handlebars. They don't exactly go straight. You are, so you had to be really on top of it. Yeah. Uh, the whole the whole second section is the Irish road race. The first half is Mexico. It's first half is really smooth. But the second half is rough. rough so, rough. yeah, I mean, uh, as far as that goes... Uh, it was a uh, a course uh, over down south in the Baja area, and it was uh, how how many miles? It's a ten mile course, and uh, it's, it's you're out twenty outside Tecate, like twenty miles, and it's part the freeway, highway three, and then there's another old highway. I don't know what the number it is, but it was like the old highway. They got it closed legally and had some races out there. It's a, it's like a ten mile course. Ten mile in a in a circle, uh, yeah. you know. Yeah. So a close a close course ten miles on uh, on roads. Yes. Like um, uh, Irish on, road racing. On the open road. Or Mexican yeah. road racing. Mexican road race. Yeah. So yes. they actually close the road for half an hour at a time. Or wow. Five minutes, and then traffic goes and goes. It's it's outrageous. And uh, uh, Pedro Valdez Valdez uh, was the originator. Uh, he, he, he produced this, and he made it happen. Yeah. And I believe the uh, Baja International Tourist Cup, this was the inaugural first year. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it was really good. A bunch of people showed up. We pushed it through. Uh, he, Pedro's our hero. Yeah, I'd, I'd really like to shake his hand one of these days. And you were mentioning, uh, you know, there were certain aspects of the course that were rather challenging. At uh, one point, it was just so, so it was very, very bumpy. I mean, we're used to bumps, but uh, that was just a kind of a, you know, you usually don't say that. It's very bumpy, very, very, very bumpy. You got to go fast because it's fast. Mm -hmm. And you, you got to hang on and how fast can you go, especially when you're, you're kind of out of control. Even though you are, you know, but yeah, it's bumpy. It's, it's there's certain places where you want to be and certain places where you don't want to be. They just patched the road. They did everything. The, the day of the race it was actually even better than it was the day before. Yeah, um, I saw they were working on it throughout the throughout the uh, the event, and uh, you know, but we're coming up to the event, and uh, you were mentioning earlier some power. Sometimes you have to gas it to just get through it, and that's what yeah. you were doing. Yeah, and and find the line. Like this one turn is a left-hand turn. You come out of it. It's about 130 mile an hour corner, but you you find out wow. you don't want to be in the oncoming lane where you normally would want to be there. But no, it's it was so rough, so rough. So you get back. You got to go wide, go around that spot, and then you it's a little smoother. Then you gas it down straight away, and then you get. Down 160, and then you're looking at a guardrail. <laughs> Holy you're moly. You're on the brakes, you know, <laughs> or at the right point. Don't, you know, get fixated or anything. Yeah, you got to look where you want to go. But, yeah, Armco barriers are hard to look at, uh, especially at that speed. And, you know, this is road racing, folks. Uh, this is and, this is and, on country and this roads. Is, is Baja. This is Mexico. Um, I didn't have, I, the, 
uh, one guy ran across a, a cow, a right, white cow, a brown cow. <laughs> Somebody found a, a horse with a uh, uh, with some sheep running around. And another guy found a a, a dog, a little dog running down the middle of the road. There's there's like three or four farms they got to deal with and stuff. Um, it's a, there's uh, stuff that might yeah, come out. Stuff could happen. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah. One person actually found a car going the other way. Yard. Um, I think it was on the back section, but it was like, whoa, what's that? And my the only one I found, I I got let go just after we got the, the uh, highway front and back closed off by the police, local police. Mm -hmm. So the federalities come through, they run the gate, they go, they go up the hill and like, they let me go. <laughs> they, they really did. They let me go, so I wheelied up, up, you know, went pie, flying by them. The, the guy, there's two guys in the back. One gives me a thumbs up, and so got good press. Well, I'm sure everyone's there excited to, you know, I mean, have a good time. You know, it ain't like you're out there doing bad things, and everyone has a, good, you know, it's 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 a festival. Yeah, you know, it's a race. They're thinking of good good things and stuff happening, not. That's no, <laughs> Yeah, and uh, so that being said, uh, you were mentioning at one point uh, we have some rolling hills here down south. I forget uh, what where what what the area exactly is, but uh, where you go up and down, and then if you if you're riding with a few riders, the head guy disappears and he lulls out, and then the next guy lulls out, and they're rolling little rolling hills where you just go up and down. And well, these dips aren't that big, but they're 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 right in your way. So they're like a. And so definitely um, technical, I would say, would be yeah. to do fast. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because you got you got to go into the dip, then you got to come out of the dip. Yeah, and the uh, impact and the you know you ride. It depends on how you do it. Like you know you got to. Are you standing up when you go in? I mean, are you doing a dirt bike going up like whoops, or are you doing road racing where you're sitting? Uh, that's a good question. Yeah, I could get out of the saddle and if you. You're totally sitting in. You're going to take all the impact. Yes. But so you got to kind of be on top of, be on your toes, on the pegs, and mm -hmm. be ready for it. And so you you're going to get one, two mistakes, but then you got to get it right. Yeah. Well, I mean, each lap you learn, uh, yeah. hopefully, and uh, yeah. yeah. But I mean, it's it's definitely something that you would not have to deal with. Look, uh, it's Thunder Hill. <laughs> you know, it's a whole road racing totally situation. Different. Thunder Hill's beautiful. Yes. Uh, this is wild. Yeah, this is wild. This was the first ever, so it's it went through really good. We're gonna have one every year. Yeah, I'm looking forward to going next year, and I believe uh, Pedro already has his schedule going out and uh, uh, put uh, some some notes from all you guys to to see what would make it uh, work uh, even more so and such, and uh, which is really really cool. I mean, uh, yeah. as far as all you guys, uh, you know, you're able to have direct input with the with the organizer and you know make it better and better and more yeah. folks will come out i mean what uh we need is radios and people turn workers and mm -hmm. helpers and uh well, fans we know some people over stuff. here that yeah, yeah exactly so uh we're, yeah we need yeah we'll get bigger and bigger uh as the, as the time goes on uh, especially uh nowadays i mean uh it costs a lot to go to the isle of man but this can be a preparatory for that you know and uh you do a couple of road races at least you know what you're what you're heading in for 
uh, if you can get into the Manx GP or uh, anything like that. Anyhow, uh, let's take a little bit of break. Uh, Andrew Gower is going to call in at uh, 6.30, uh, and uh, he ran a Cowie 450 over there at the uh, San Pedro Monte. A 400? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I just saw the classic. Okay, cool. Uh, I would like to know exactly, you know, what bike and all that good stuff. You know, we love 400s here. And, uh, yeah, it would be great to hear his story and, uh, you know, let us let us know what's going on. So, anyhow, let's take a short break. break. Uh, Milk Crate will be uh, putting on some tunes. Thank you, Milk Crate. A lot Ooh, better than my tools. <laughs> but yeah, got some Velvet Underground coming up for you. little classic stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you for li- listening to uh, Racer Sally at Beauty Radio here in the heart of the mission. Right on, right on. Welcome to Racer's Alley here in the heart of the mission. And uh, looks like uh, Andrew has just called in. Yara, yar. And uh, let's see if we can make this thing here work. Uh, Andrew, are you on the line? Yeah, how's it going? Hey, uh, doing well. We can hear you well. That's awesome. And uh, yeah, we're just kind of working on our system here and uh, getting everything a little closer together. And uh, first of all, uh, Andrew, I want to uh, uh, welcome you to Racer's Alley here. I have uh, Wade Boyd here and uh, Milk Crate Brian uh, spins our tunes. And uh, we're here in the heart of the mission at Mutiny Radio. And 
congratulations, man. Uh, you know, I think it's great that you went down south and uh, you went racing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It was a great experience. Uh, thanks a bunch. Um, <laughs> funny enough, I actually met Wade uh, down there. Yeah, uh, talk, let's talk about that for a second. Uh, I believe you're an AFMer. Uh, you run uh, Kawasaki 400s? Uh, yeah, yeah. I raced AFM uh, a few years, both on a ZX6R in the 400 and uh, a 250 first. <laughs> we got to start, right? <laughs> right. Right on, right on. And uh, so you decided to take the uh, Kawasaki 450. Uh, explain to our listeners what type of bike that is. Um, so... For the hill climb, I uh, took a Yamaha 450 down there, so it's uh, oh, like a YZ 450 motocross bike. Ooh, um, so it's dirt bike frame and everything, but you can convert it to a supermoto so that it, it works on asphalt and off road. Um, so they do things like take the wheels out and put 17 inch or 16 and a half inch front, so you can run uh, like slick racing tires. Um, most dirt bikes don't come with a slipper clutch, which uh, most people don't really care about in the dirt, but definitely makes a difference riding on asphalt. So mm-hmm. you put a slipper clutch in, usually you uh, change like the geometry and like the ride height of the bike and lower it a little bit. Um, and then you can get really crazy with those bikes, you know, like big aftermarket swing arms and uh, really expensive sets of wheels. Um, yeah. So it was, uh, it was actually, uh, I'm sorry, I got my information a little uh, mixed up here when I looked you up here. So you ran a Yamaha YZ450 YZ supermotard bike up the mountain. That's right. Awesome. That's right. Um, those are really actually, uh, you know, uh, they're predators when it comes to canyon riding and that type of thing. And it gives you a, lot, a little, uh, you know, a lot more little st- different stance and uh, you can attack things uh, a bit differently with the st- steeper rake and trail. And uh, especially if you have a slicks or nice tires on there. Um, you are. So uh, going up that, yeah, I mean, were, um, you, were you pinned out at certain times, babe, going down the front straights? Yeah. So it's <laughs> funny you mentioned that. Um, uh, I think Wade talked I, about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, I had also brought the 400 for the other event, and I thought a lot of put a lot of thought into it. So I had bought, you know, different chains and gearing, all sorts of things like that. Huh. And the supermoto, I just kind of didn't like really think about it much. So you know, I had like some basic spares and brake pads and stuff, but uh, I didn't bring any uh, gearing. So I I had to end up running the the gearing that I had used for uh, like AMA supermoto racing. Ah. <laughs> which uh worked you know really well on the cart track but uh not not with some of the longer streets so you're having um, a cup of coffee watching the scenery when you're pinned up for a little bit yeah so the bottom half of that course is um a couple pretty long pretty fast straight ways with some faster sweeping turns and um a, definitely a couple of sections i was probably bouncing off the rev limiter <laughs> eight or ten seconds uh wade um, which, were you were you running a single yeah, yeah. I, I was running a what was it, a Yamaha 400. That's so, so you both ran similar uh, 400s up that mountain. Yeah. Mine, mine would do 100 miles an hour. Supposedly it did 94. No, I did 100. 100. <laughs> I tried to get it go faster than that, but no way. Yeah. And you could it, it, the thing the hill climb is actually screaming for a big bike. Not oh, super hard for me to hear, Wade. Oh, so yeah, uh, yeah. The the phone thing's a little different, uh, but anyways. Um, 
He was mentioning, yeah, he could barely get the uh, 100 miles an hour out of 400. And, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it was. It sounds like a great bike to do it. but uh, <laughs> Yeah, I just needed some longer gearing. Um, but I, I wasn't sure which bike would be better, better to run, so I kind of gambled with the Supermoto, and I think it paid off because you get that longer suspension travel. Um, the roads were better than I was expecting, but um, <laughs> it's not like you're uh, – not like you're uh, racing a Grand Prix race like Laguna Seca or something with a really nice surface. Definitely uh, lots of, you know, bumps and cracks. and uh, It's not, raw. Not yeah, very raw, Andrew. Uh, you know, uh, I saw you uh, were 17th overall up the hill, and you were first in middle weight, which is awesome, you know. And, uh, yeah, going going as far as uh, road racing, uh, yeah, certain areas you got to expect just being in back roads and kind of crazy stuff like that and uh boy oh boy you know i think that was great that you that you did that uh did you end up camping out there did you go to uh you know what was it the, the, uh, the, camp, the inn camp milling camp milling milling yeah there's a um there's a place called rancho mailing which is uh i guess it can blast them a little bit it's a little bit of a tourist trap but uh <laughs> but I guess it's like a really old uh, historic ranch out there. So, um, did you kind of just did it like it was uh, like how I heard they did did in the eighties? It was just me, three other guys, all in a you know an extended panel van with the two bikes and our uh, our you know suitcases and spare parts and tire warmers and everything, just back to the ceiling. <laughs> nice, right on, uh, right on. You know, I mean, that's and, uh, that's. Yeah, we just camped out right there. Okay, you know, right I, next to the chicken coop, right? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. For some reason, he can't hear you, Wade. I don't know if I it's know, it's I the mic. You. Yeah, I know. I I can't hear you as well as as long as I uh, milk crate is he Wade, fully you on. Talk a little bit. Yeah, he's that's that one. Maybe we'll get a different. Let's get a different mic on him. Maybe. Anyhow, sorry, Andrew. We're just uh, we always mess around here and try and figure out what's going on our boat here. Sometimes it leaks. So anyhow, uh, that being said, um, I believe you run the AFM. Yeah, yeah, I I usually do a full season of AFM. Awesome. And uh, what bikes do you run over there? So. the previous year, I had been racing uh, Kawasaki ZX6R, but I decided um, maybe I should take a little bit of a step back. Um, so I raced a uh, Kawasaki Ninja 400, which is a you know a small bike, parallel twin 400cc motor. Uh, no, that's and, a- uh, and race trim, they're probably making you know about 45 to 50 horsepower, so not nothing too crazy. Well, I, uh, Wade and I actually both love 400s. I mean, I, I ran them for about eight years. I ran a, a, a FZR, and I'm hoping to run one next year, actually. I, I got uh, an 89 lined up, and uh, all we need to do is find uh, uh, rings for the pistons one over. But we got pretty much everything together to go. Um, yeah, it's a great bike. And, you know, um, yes, taking a step back, you'll probably get faster. It's, it's very interesting that, uh, you know, and uh, the 400 class is, is really, really huge right now, uh, AFM and other areas. Uh, they, things have changed, in a sense. Um, yeah, definitely it is a very competitive class. Um, the small bikes, uh, they're a little bit easier to throw around than the bigger bikes, but definitely uh, if you're, you know, you're out of shape or overweight in any way, that's really going to, you know, penalize you on the, the smaller displacement bikes. Um, 
and there's a, a lot of uh, a lot of young talent you know that's in that class so <laughs> um, competitive and afm is just afm and a couple other california clubs really have been uh stepping up the pace lately which um, is great i actually went and raced in uh in utah uh earlier in the year and uh, i'd never even been to that track there miller and two uh, practice sessions and i ended up getting the first and the second <laughs> that week uh what what organization andrew in uh, utah called uh utah sba nice so that's just another um it's an AMA uh, license to recognize the club, but uh, yeah, it is it is kind of unbelievable uh, sometimes when you look at some of the talent. <laughs> you know, just showing up to an AFM club race. Uh, you know, the top top five people could all be uh, you know national professional racers sometimes. Exactly, and uh, it's a thing. Um, racers are racers, and you know. Uh, we all got to go out there, you know. I, I seen Wade beat a beat a bunch of people on a KLRX one time, and they were all a shit ton younger, and we were all sitting there, and uh, I was sitting there, and it's like the the three top kids are looking back at it, and I'm sure their pit boss said, "If you let that old man beat you, you're not sponsored no more." It was just like it was a hilarious time a, a long time ago. But uh, that being said, you know it's great to get in the 450s, and I'm looking into that as well uh, next year, and uh, you know hopefully uh, maybe get back to the main GP and run one of those uh, on that uh, that class. But uh, yeah, definitely uh, very competitive nowadays, you know, and. Uh, a lot easier on the budget than a 600 as far as tires go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it's you know, thousands and thousands of dollars a year difference. Exactly. Uh, especially if you're really trying to be competitive on the 600. You're definitely running multiple sets of tires a weekend. Um, right on. And uh, the 400, not, not so much, um, you know. Well, it's more about thinking, carrying your weight, carrying the line. I mean, it's 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 chess in a in a weird way, and uh, you know, it's a, it's a different type of racing, you know, uh, it, because you're it's, it's you're relying on more than your brain than horsepower, you know, and skill. Right. Yeah. Definitely, do get a little bit uh, more time to think sometimes, just because you're not reaching such a crazy speeds on the straightaways. But uh, but yeah, really. Uh, really forces you to think about what you're doing and not make mistakes because uh you just you just really get punished more for making yeah. those mistakes when you don't have a you know any horsepower to kind of make up for it exactly uh, you can't uh, exactly uh, rely on that immediately that type of thing yeah so anyways uh, i got another caller coming in uh soon um would you like to thank any sponsors? And, uh, you know, you're welcome to call in again uh, and, and talk about, uh, I'd love to hear about actually the uh, the TT as well because uh, we were just talking about the, the hill climb. And, uh, you know, uh, each time a guest comes on, they got more to talk about, you know, relax a little more, that type of thing. Sure, sure, definitely. Um, yeah, a bunch of sponsors I really like to thank. Uh, Jason Hahn to JPH Suspension for always, you know, really getting the bike styled. Um, nice. CT Racing, Pirelli, and Metzler for supplying the tires for the races. Uh, Wonder CBD, Body Spartan Fitness, Motion Pro, Motul, uh, Galfer Brakes, uh, 64 Degree Racing. And, uh, you know, I'm sure there's others and everyone else has been helping me this year. So thanks, bud. 
Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, it's important, you know. I mean, gotta appreciate and you know, it's great that you're out there and especially, you know, as as mentioned in Wade, I mean, uh, all you folks that went down to the San Pedro Martin Hill Climb and the Baja International Tourist Cup are technically now uh, international racers and you did something really bitching and really ballsy. And it's, you know, the first, you know, I hope to be there next year with you guys. And uh, I hope to actually meet you out there one of these days at the AFM track uh, uh, coming up uh, next season. Oh, yeah, definitely. And uh, I'll, I'll be there, um, no doubt. And, yeah, it's uh, definitely, <laughs> it feels a little silly, but it's kind of cool to, you know, be able to say you race internationally. So, definitely, uh, thanks for having me. Well, it's not silly. It's, I mean, you, you did your job. I mean, uh, not many people would actually go out there in a place unknown and do something like road racing. Yeah. It's, a, it's a very specialized, very, very dangerous. I mean, it's the most dangerous sport in the world, literally. And, you know, yeah. and it's, 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 it's something uh, I've, uh, you know, I've, <laughs> I've loved. And, uh, you know, to me, it's the best type of racing there is. And, um, yeah, you did it and be proud of it. And, you, you know, walk tall because uh, next year, go out again. Uh, you were first in middleweight and third over in the group B on the TT. You know, I mean, uh, that's something to talk about. Something to put on your resume. And uh, yeah, it's this this race is going to only grow more. And uh, you helped it. Yep, sure did. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely had to uh, sleep on it a few nights. <laughs> 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 Talking about how dangerous it is and everything. Yeah, well, you did your job, and uh, Andrew, it'd be great if you called in again, and uh, thank you for calling in, and then uh, Racers Alley. Awesome, thanks. All right. See you guys later. All right. Cheers, mate. Cheers. <laughs> right on, uh, Milk Crate, what do we got going? Hello. <laughs> uh, we've got MF Doom here. A little wrap for you for our break. <laughs> MF Doom, Mr. Fantastic, Mr. Fantastic. Bellin. what up, nigga? Hey, nothing. What's the word? It's cracking, boy. Same old shit, kid. Man, rap snitches, man. Shit is bugged out, man. What the fuck, man? What you telling me? Niggas running their mouth, Talk. telling anything, anything. Rap snitches, telling all their business, sit in the court and be their own star witness. Do you see the perpetrator? Yeah, I'm right here. Fuck around, get the whole label sent up for years. Uh, rap snitches, telling all their business, sit in the court and be their own star witness. Do you see the perpetrator? Yeah, I'm right here. Fuck around, get the whole label sent up for years. Type profile low, like eight and paid in full. Attract heavy cash, cut the game centrifugal. Mr. Fantastic, long though like elastic. Got my life with twin clocks that's made out of plastic. Stand up brown nosing nigga, fake ass bastard. Am I your in my style? Tall bust them in hats and plotting, playing the quickest. My flow's the sickest, my hoes be the thickest, my drove the stickiest. Street nigga, stamped and bona fide. When beef jump niggas come get me, cause they know I ride. True to the ski mask, New York's my origin. Play a fake gangster like an old accordion. According to him, when the D's rushed in, complication from the wild testimony was thin. Caused his man to go up north, the boy hit him again. Name rap snitch, nigga, even told on the Mexican. Rap snitches, telling all their business. Sit in the court and be their own star witness. Do you see the perpetrator? Yeah, I'm right here. Fuck around, get the whole label sent up for years. Rap snitches, telling all their business. Sit in the court and be their own star witness. Do you see the perpetrator? Yeah, I'm right here. Fuck around, get the whole label sent up for years. True, there's rules to this shit. Fools dare care. Everybody wanna rule the world with tears for fear. Yeah, yeah, tell them, tell it on the mountain hill. Running up their mouth, Bill. Everybody doubting still. 
performer, keep it up and get tested. Pop through your bubble vest or double breasted. He keep a lab down south in the little beast. So much heat, you would have thought it was the Middle East. A little grease always keeps the wheels a spinning, like sitting on 23s to get the squealers grinning. Hitting on many trees, feel real linen. Spitting on enemies, get the steel for tin men. With no brains but gum flap, he said his gun clap. Then he fled after one slap. Sun shut the trap, save it for the bitches. Mmm, delicious rap snitch delicious. You know what I'm saying? It's terrible. crazy, man. I'm just analyzing this whole game. It's just bugged out, man. Niggas snitching. Telling on their own selves. It's a horror, Fuck man. around. Don't get anybody bag, man. Trust me. Fuck around. Get your mama bag, man. You know your grandma used to be bootlegging. Fake hustling, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. What it is. This is what it is. Yeah. Another knocker. Kick this game around like soccer. Pull up a chair, let me make you a plate of this game that's seasoned like a tasty steak. Eight to eight, I've been serving them well. I was serving Yale when L was rocking bells. Clocking mail, get, get, get. Flip, flip, flipping it. Now I'm spitting it bar for bar. European whipping it car for car. No, doho. You know I say no. I need you like Jaws need a raincoat. I can dangle. Stay high as a star spangle. Choke the blood out your bitch. Get strangled. Get mangled. Fucking with this pimping. How is Lipton? Dre J. Simpson. You better pay attention. It's all ganged up. Keep the bio to file. See how I came back. I've been out there getting When I, I say read my lips, bring me cheddar, bitch, bring me chips, fingertips, ass, hips, and lips. Follow my lead, don't ask questions, bitch. I want fresh bits from Abcom and bitch. When it's going down, the Mac comes and shit. The Mac comes to spit. Let me do it in your ear, baby. I'm trying to flip, see I do it every year, baby. Will off the lotish, hitting my cottage. Please, please, bees, freeze, stop it. You're headed down the wrong path. Fuck making love, bitch. I want a tongue bath. And dumb cash, can you do it like me? Cash a back check at the bank with no ID. Can you blow by me when I'm doing a hundred? Smacking, slapping in my five hundred. I've been out there getting my dough. In the Skoda O and Valley Joe. Getting rich in the rich and sand Yeah, yeah, welcome to Racer's Alley here at Mutiny Radio in the heart of the mission. Woo! Anyways, uh, just had a very, very short break. Uh, it was great to hear from uh, Andrew Gower earlier. Uh, he's calling in. To, uh, he raced the San Pedro Marte Hill Climb and Baja International Tourist Cup. And we're going to have three racers calling today. And yar, yar, uh, I believe we have uh, Samuel Gluss uh, calling in. Uh, I believe uh, yar, yar. Uh, Samuel, can you hear me? Yep, coming through just fine. 
Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> welcome to Racer's Alley here at the, the heart of the mission. Uh, yeah. Um, well, uh, congratulations, actually, on running the uh, San Pedro Martel Hill Climb in the Baja International Tourist Cup. Um, well, uh, welcome. And uh, what did you run? And uh, what made you decide to do that? Yeah, Alex. Um, pleasure to be here. Um, the trip down to Mexico was definitely a huge adventure. My friend Stu, who actually will be joining right after this, was really a big driver for us to come down and um, compete in these two events. We um, basically, he, myself, and um, our friend Dave Thomas packed all of our gear onto a pickup truck with a Kendon two-rail trailer and did almost the whole drive in like one night to get down to grapevine then another night to get down to uh, Rancho Milling, which I think Wade talked about um, on the last episode, but we yeah, it was a awesome ride down the roads all the way down from Ensenada were just incredible fun, even in the pickup truck and San Pedro <laughs> Hill Climb was no exception. It um, You talked on the last episode about Mines Road, and I think um, the hill climb was definitely highly reminiscent of that road. Wow. Yep. Yep. <laughs> right on, Samuel. Yep. And, uh, yeah, um, what did you run? Mm. So I competed in the Super Sport class, and I used my ZX-6. So it's a okay. same 636 motor that I used in club racing from this year. Okay, so yeah, my my information's like I got everything a little uh, off on uh, what everyone was running from Andrew to yourself as well. I had you down as an R six, so you ran a six three six, a ZX six three six on the uh, um, San Martel, uh San Pedro Martel Hill climb, and uh, I believe overall you ran eleventh. Uh, and uh, congratulations, you were uh, first in Supersport. Yeah, yeah, I think. Um... We definitely had some pretty interesting bikes out there in that class. Um, the Barkers were out there with a Triumph 675 Daytona, I think, and mm -hmm. a Calex uh, Moto2 bike. So we definitely had some stiff competition in the Super Sport class. Nice. Um, but we, it, was, um, it was an interesting competition in the sense that, I mean, coming from like a track racing background where you're always kind of riding this edge, trying to figure out where you can gain a little bit of advantage. And then, I mean, crashing is always a concern. The kind of the deal with the hill climb and the road race was like, don't crash. That's not, especially with the boulder fields and cliffs that are out there, it required kind of more of a return to my roots of blasting around in the mountains around Woodside, where it's, you're thinking about, <laughs> mm, where do I gain an advantage without also building risk well i mean that's always the game riding bikes right well it just says there's no uh, room for error is what i used to call it on mines road that's where i actually trained uh, for many many years um yeah uh, road racing is quite different and i was mentioning that earlier to andrew i mean you, you boys all got to be really really proud to actually do this i mean this is not attractive this is not you know afm or ama this is road racing and this is raw road racing and the fact of the matter you boys are paving the you know the track for future racers and you all went out there the first time and you know kicked ass and had a great time right yep, you know it's yep. like you all went you know did a great job and you should all be very very proud of yourself and also it takes a lot of gumption and like you said uh and andrew said earlier i mean um it's something to think about you know um i've never had that issue you know the first time i went with wade we, we were at the aisle and 
Okay, like nine laps to learn on an R1. And when we were in Argentina, you know, I mean, boy, that was the first time there. And we had a great time in the hills of Copina with, uh, you know. Uh, anyways, uh, yeah, road racing is a whole different story. I mean, you really got to be committed. You know, you got to want to do it, you know. And, uh, yeah, once you wrap your head around it, I mean, uh, will you be there next year? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think um, it's... It gets back to what you're saying just now, which is like, this is just about as grassroots as it gets. Pedro has been organizing the hill climb for a few years now, but the Tourist Cup this is the first year that they ever did it. So exactly. um, even with kind of the growing pains of doing a first time event, like we're going to get a taco truck out there next year and we've got all these improvements planned for it. So um, cool. I think it went off extremely well for a first attempt on the Tourist Cup. And the hill climb is outstanding as well. I'd recommend that to anybody. And whereas the Tourist Cup is uh, motorcycles only at this time, hill climb is open to all kinds of machines. There was a gentleman out there, um, he and his father raced quads, and he was three seconds ahead of my time, I think on a Rapture quad on the hill climb. <laughs> wow. He had that thing up on two wheels, so... Um, from the perspective of a rider, um, both events were incredible. Um, if you have friends who even drive like a Honda Civic, um, and, and indeed we have um, one of the guys who came down who was crewing for Bridget, Tazio, he races a Civic in, um, I think, NASA, is doing the 25 hours of Thunder Hill with it. And so we're thinking like, oh, maybe wow. bring that thing down too for yep. next year and we can see what that bad boy does up the hill climb. Exactly. That'd, that'd be great. Well, I actually told Chad, you know, if we uh, we ended up going this year, I have the Toyota pickup truck, the, the, the stick shifter. You know, it's just like I actually told Pedro, it's like, can Chad ra race that truck up the hill? I mean, that thing is, is a, like a go kart light, right? You can't, you you can, but you have to have a certain pedigree and you know get get it prepared proper. You know, so we'll put a roll cage in for yep. next year. But yeah, boy, oh boy, that little truck would just fly up that hill, you know. And they have all types of things, like you said, the quads, and uh, you know, I think uh, Ray even said a sidecar uh, yeah, was out there. It's totally, it's totally a open. Hayabusa sidecar. Wow, yeah. I didn't know that. A <laughs> dude and his old lady. Wow, they were. It was. It was great. Uh, you wouldn't have guessed it. They were hauling. No kidding. Yep. So they, they showed up and they had a great time and uh, yeah, that's awesome. And so overall, uh, Samuel, I mean, um, I'm glad you had a great time. You know, as far as uh, going there and uh, you're going to be going back there again. I mean, uh, what what is a moment that you really loved? Um, I think finishing. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see. I'm trying to think of one. Um, probably one of the the most surreal moments. Um, and and Wade told the story about the um, the Mexican military up at the up at the observatory, and oh. as we were riding through that national forest, just how surreal of an experience that was. We're all in our race kit, on race bikes, cruising through. I mean, going through a national forest on a motorcycle is, I think, such a exciting experience that I hope everyone gets to have. This mm -hmm. was almost just like an experience out of place because instead of being on touring bikes. Our street bikes were on like fully prepped race machines and we're all leathered up and then 
trying to get up to the observatory. Coming back from that, I actually ran out of fuel on the access road back to where we were staging. Whoa. Um, back by Rancho Mailing. And so this... We had to get light. him back. <laughs> what happened? Oh, yeah. He ended up ditching his we were, bike. <laughs> what? <laughs> yep. We, we dragged it as far as we could. Um, Stu came up behind me, and you get his side of the story later. He was on um, Dave's Husqvarna 450. And what I was doing was I was taking my left hand and putting it on the number plate, and he was pushing me down the hill. And then oh, finally I got to one of those. There's like a section where you have to get uphill, and we're like, there's no way. I haven't been doing enough. I don't know what kind of exercise you do to get your left arm strong enough to do this. So I was like, <laughs> we're just going to leave the bike here. And I caught a ride back with John Magnuson, I think, on his Multistrada. So nice. this surreal experience of basically abandoning my race bike on the side of a road in the middle of nowhere in Mexico <laughs> as the sun is setting beautiful golden hues, like Wade said, it's just blue skies as far as the eye can see yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, you, you were able to do it obviously and you know uh, what i heard was the camaraderie there was just wonderful Every, everyone took care of everyone yeah there, there is nobody else yeah <laughs> that's true as well you know yeah. so that's awesome you know uh yeah so uh samuel i mean is there any sponsors you'd like to thank um yeah absolutely um the the main one i have a story behind this as well is um ct racing Pirelli tires and mm -hmm. chris helped me out so much because they were going out of town right before we were going to leave for mexico because there was the afm race of course at button willow mm -hmm. yeah. and chris got me set up so i could come pick up my tires at will call there and he he really went the extra mile for me to make sure that i had the um dot's for this event so i i kind of had the feeling and we did we ran our first session for the hill climb, like the sun was barely over the horizon when we set off. So I was thinking like getting a good set of DOTs on there was going to really be a pretty big advantage. And Chris went way out of his way to help me out with that. And um, Carter's at the track, of course, um, that I instruct with. We nice. charged up there Sunday to make it for the school. It was, it was interesting. At the school, we encountered um, both Eric Wilson and um, was it? Mark Miller as well. Oh. It was kind of like this fun reunion all the way up at Thunderhill. Like the same guys we've been racing with down in Baja, only 800 miles away or something. Yeah, isn't yeah. it? Isn't it crazy? Uh, like a week later, you'll see each other in a whole different world. I mean, like you said, it, it is surreal and it's cool. I mean, this is something that you'll be able to tell your grandkids. I mean, it's, it's yeah, I was one of the first, you know, uh, racers at the Baja International Tourist Cup, which is really bitching. You know, <laughs> absolutely. It's one of the only types, one of the only events of its type in North America right now. So I felt very privil privileged to be a part of it. Yeah, and uh, you see yourself like it's like it's like I said going next year. And uh, yeah, so uh, talking about that, uh, are you planning on uh, racing here at AFM? Uh, what's your what's your next uh, plans? What are we, what are your plans for the year? Um, this year, I'm thinking. I won't be engaged as much in club racing, and I'm thinking definitely about pursuing some more special events um, like the Baja Tourist Cup. Um, for sure going to be involved in that again, um, really focusing on instructing and um, racing some dirt bikes, um, doing some District 36 stuff, and shifter carts, if you haven't gotten wow. a chance to ride around in one of those Ooh. things. We might. They're absolutely rowdy. 
So, Samuel, you're uh, Carter's at the track? Yes, sir. And uh, so, uh, are you having anything the rest of the year? Actually, you can call in and we'd like, well, let's have a whole different uh, call in, a whole different thing, and we'll talk a whole thing about your track day. That'd be really great. And uh, your ship to cart. Yeah, let's let, let's do that. We've just and, got uh, our, our season finisher will be the weekend after Thanksgiving. So anybody who can get over their turkey coma and get out there and join us, it's looking like the weather's going to be cold but clear. So definitely excited to take it for one last hurrah around NorCal track. Exactly. Yeah, we're, we are getting into the end of the season. And, uh, you know, uh, just start making plans for next year. Yeah. Well, uh, let's right. see here. Let's take a break for a second. I got some calling in a little bit. And uh, Samuel, you know, uh, thank you for calling in. And uh, love you calling in again. And uh, really, really, uh, congratulations. Uh, you did a great thing. And she'd be proud of it. And she'd brag about it. And uh, yar, yar, everything else involved. <laughs> Thank you so much, Alex. Thanks for having me on. Anytime. You can call in anytime and just let me know. Cheers. Love it. Right you on, guys right have on. a good night. Well, uh, thank you for listening. To, uh, well, Samuel Glass uh, just uh, raced over here at the San Pedro Matilda Hill Climb in the Baja International Tourist Cup. He's a local here, uh, AFMer, and, uh, you know, he ran on a, a great bike. Uh, it's it's very very cool to do road racing, and uh, we now have road races down south thanks to uh, you know uh, Pedro Valdez Valdez and uh, Yar. Uh, a bunch of our boys did that. Uh, Andrew Gower called it earlier, and Samuel Glustis called in. Uh, they both respectively ran a you know seventeenth, uh, and uh, Andrew uh, ran up first middleweight, and uh, Samuel actually went eleventh uh, and first in super sport. So that's that's really really cool. And uh, we'll have more racing, uh, hopefully. Uh, actually, I think uh, Pedro's already uh, uh, getting ready for next year, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's, so. already, he's already got the schedule set up. Now we're going to get split up into classes. They, like, the hill climb had, had classes. Yes. I actually won the... Yar, yar. <laughs> old, old guy class. <laughs> Something like that. But so the, the, the uh, international classic wasn't quite big enough. We only had 14 of us, so we just... Went, you know, just, heavy, so, just heavy, a grid. Yeah, heavyweight, lightweight, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, it was a little different. But next year, we're planning on there's going to be twice as many people. Uh, that's we're what I'm thinking. Go with the program. Yeah. Because everybody that did it's coming back and everybody's bringing a friend. Or exactly. Two or, three. or two or three. Yeah, this is going to be a thing. And uh, that's, that's really awesome. You know, I think uh, this is going to do nothing but grow. And like I mentioned earlier, you know, congratulations and uh, all you boys and girls that ran it. You should be super, super proud because uh, now you're official road racers. You know, you know, I had to go all the way to Europe and the Isle of Man to say that. So uh, you are. You can do that here. And, uh, you know, it's yeah, but they don't speak English and <laughs> Spanish. And if, you don't, if you don't have anybody that speaks Spanish, you're lost. You're oh, gonna, I was wondering about You that. drive across the border blind. <laughs> was, was there so, was, was there, was there a, a language barrier? Oh, totally, totally. <laughs> I didn't even think totally. about that. <laughs> and, and then, so you go to the border, and then you buy your insurance, and you exchange your money, because you can't spend American dollars just anywhere down there, and you, you try to ask information, blah, 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 blah. And then you got three toll crossings, and you go, uh, Gotcha. So uh, you better... more, 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 give me more. <laughs> so you gotta have, uh, you gotta have their their dollars and cents, so to speak. And uh, yeah, well, actually, first time I went to the Alabama, I, I ended up getting off this airplane and ended up in this English. airport. Yeah, but I went down. I didn't know what I was doing. It's just like, well, what do I have to do? Where am I? I have no idea where I'm at. 
And they go, first thing you got to do is take your American money, put it in that ATM, which gets you British money, and then put it in that ATM, which gets you Manx money. And that's what we deal with, the Manx pounds, you know. So, yeah, uh, I guess you better have the right cash when you're going certain places. You know, just don't assume that uh, American cash goes everywhere. <laughs> and uh, back then, the Isle of Man money had actually coins with oh, really cool Isle of Man people on it and racing and stuff. Boy, I think they discontinued that, right? Yeah. But uh, anyhow, yeah, right, let's take a little bit of a break. And uh, thanks, Wade, and thanks, Will Crate, for being here. And so far, thank you, Andrew and Samuel, for calling in uh, here at the Racers Alley in the heart of uh, the Mission at Meany Radio. And uh, yeah, we've been talking about the San Pedro Montana Hill Climb and the Baja International Tourist Cup. These boys ran, these boys finished, and these boys did really, really well. So very proud of that. Yeah, what, what, what do we got going, Will Crate? Well, you know, every couple of months, big satellite. Yeah, I think that mic's the one that you use. No, that's not the right one. It's not saying anything. Yeah, right. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Anyways, we're just having a little bit of a problem here. So here you go. Here. You know, every couple months you get this story on the news about a satellite breaking up, a bunch of junk falling down to Earth, right? And, you know, everybody's worried about getting hit by space junk. Uh, so here's space junk by Devo. <laughs> I love Devo. Yeah, Devo. Yeah, stuff for my age. Cheers, Mel Crate. Thank you very much for spinning tunes.
scheme for a savior machine They called it the prayer, its answer was law Its logic stopped war, gave them food How they adored till it cried in its boredom Back to Races Alley here in the heart of the mission and uh, ERER, and I think maybe we got our mics working. But anyways, I did mention to uh, Pedro Valdez Valdez, who ran the uh, International Tourist Cup, that I would um, mention, uh, well, actually, here we have a roster of the uh, racing here, Wade, uh, of the uh, San Pedro Mateo Hill Climb, the racers, and their names. So uh, I'll go through this uh, okay. one at a time here for a little bit. Um, so we had Mark Miller, number one, uh, Perla Tuano. Uh, he's from uh, Cali Basis, California. Uh, best time, 14 minutes, 30 seconds. Uh, Eric Wilson, BMW S1000RR, Northern Ireland. Uh, uh, best time, 15 minutes, 11 seconds. Paul Vitale, uh, Ducato Multistrada from Los Angeles, California at 1708. Uh, John Magnuson, uh, Ducati Multistrada, San, San Diego, California. Uh, best time, 1648. Randy Farmer, Honda CBR 1000RR, Lincoln, Nebraska, uh, RRR, uh, DNF, uh, no, I'm sorry, uh, 2214 uh, was uh, Randy Farmer's uh, CBR 1000RR, Lincoln, Nebraska, finished at 2224, I'm sorry. Uh, Wade Boyd, right there, RR, welcome, Wade. Uh, Yamaha 450S Moto, San Francisco, California, at 1714. Uh, Eric Lindauer, RR, uh, San Francisco, uh, as well, uh, Subculture Racing, RR, uh, at 1754. Uh, we have Chris Edwardes, uh Kramer 690, from Kanab, Utah. He ended up at uh, 2013. We have uh, Reggie Marinas, uh, Suzuki GSXR 600, uh, Los Angeles, California, at uh, 19 minutes 34 seconds. We have Stuart Clotworthy, uh, he called in earlier today. Uh, Isle of Man, uh, maybe San Mateo as well, uh, 18 minutes 11 seconds. We have Samuel Gluss, he called in as well today. Uh, Yamaha R6, it says, uh, uh, 16 minutes 4 seconds. Uh, Bridget Lever, Royal Enfield, 650 at uh, 20 minutes 12 seconds. Uh, Kent Croker. Uh, Husqvarna SO1SM, uh, San Diego, California, at 17 minutes 41 seconds. Uh, Rudy Aribe, uh, KTM 500, Supermoto, San Diego, California, 19 minutes 52 seconds. Josh Nelson, Honda XR600, Supermoto, 
San Diego, California at uh, 19 minutes 28 seconds. Dave Thomas on a BMW S1000RR from San Mateo, California at uh, 15 minutes 28 seconds. Andrew Goyer uh, on a Kawasaki 450 Supermoto from Linden, California at uh, 17 minutes 18 seconds. We have Cindy Nelson, KTM 390 Duke from uh, Kanab, Utah, and she did at 27 uh, minutes and 6 seconds. And we have uh, Jimmy Hyder on a uh, Suzuki RM250 Supermoto from Vermont, USA. Holy moly. At uh, 19 minutes and 50 se uh, 56 seconds. Uh, we have Matt Young on a CBR1000RRER. Uh, from Washington, D.C. at 19 minutes, 16 seconds. Uh, Spencer Steele, uh, Kidwill Arnold SPL, whatever that means. Hmm, I'll have to ask that about that. Uh, from Denver, Colorado, USA at 15 minutes, 21 seconds. Uh, Tyler Portillo on a Yamaha Raptor. I think that was uh, what uh, was mentioned earlier. At uh, 16 minutes and one second. Uh, Doug Miller on a Hayabusa sidecar. Wade yeah. was mentioning that earlier. Uh, from Hardy, Vermont, USA. RER, uh, congratulations. So on cool. A, so cool. On a 19 uh, minutes and 52 seconds. Uh, Marcus Neff on a Subaru WRX. So we're getting in specialized things here uh, just recently. Uh, so... Uh, Marcus Neff on a Subaru WRX from Portland, Oregon, USA. Congratulations on 16 minutes, 42 seconds. Ah, Scott Butler, YAR, on a Mazda Miata milk crate uh, from Alvin, Texas, USA at 18 minutes and 45 seconds. And uh, let's see, James Barker, Triumph 675. I'm sorry, didn't start. Uh, Christian Barker, KLX 600, uh, no start. And uh, Edward, Eduardo Gomez on a Mustang Fox, no start. And uh, Paul Romero, uh, DNF. We all been there, mates. So uh, here you are next year. Ow. So uh, yeah, uh, welcome to that. So uh, as far as I know, here's some. Um, I guess uh, here you are. Uh, we'll just say uh, standings. Superbike: uh, Eric Wilson and Dave Thomas. Superstock: uh, Matt Young and Randy Farmer. Supersport: Samuel Gluss and uh, Richie Marinas. And uh, 15 plus senior Wade Boyd, Doug Miller, and Chris Ebenes. Uh, welcome, Wade. Uh, you are. And uh, heavyweight uh, Mark Miller, John Magnuson, and uh, Paul Vitali. Uh, middleweight uh, Andrew Garrier. Uh, yep. Uh, Kent Croker and uh, Eric Lindauer. And uh, overall winner. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, lightweight uh, Bridget LeBear and Cindy Wilson. Yar yar. Unlimited uh, Spencer Steele and uh, Tyler Portillo. And uh, Otto C, Marcus Neff, and Scott Butler. Those are the standings. Overall fastest winner was Mark Miller. And uh, congratulations all, yar yar, Wade, uh, to being at the San Pedro Matero Hill Climb. I'll go over the uh, Baja International Tourist Cup probably next week, uh, depending uh, how things go. But uh, yar yar. Congratulations, mate. That was a great all right. job. And, yeah. Uh, all you racers out there, hey, you should be very, very proud, uh, you know, to finish that race and, and do a great job because, uh, boy, oh, boy, you know, uh, you're now road racers. <laughs> and the old cross <laughs> sign. And you are. And uh, be proud of being in that club because uh, not many people are. You know, I mean, uh, anyone you can ask. <laughs> so let's take a little bit of a break for a second. And uh, I think we'll have a little bit of a, a call in around uh, 7.20. So we'll see what happens. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Mutiny Radio and uh, Races Alley. <laughs> Ask 
Hey, welcome back to Racers Alley. Alex is just across the street uh, picking up some libations, but you're here with Wade Boyd and Milk Crate Brian. Who do we have on yeah. the line today? Hey, we got Stuart Plotworthy. Hey, Stuart. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How are you guys? Great. Uh, so, let's see. Uh, did you just do the uh, the uh, hill climb over in San Pedro, yeah, Martin? Yeah, down in Mexico with Wade. How you doing, Wade? Yeah, all right, good. And how'd that go for you? I, I've got here. Uh, maybe you finished tenth place. Think you're. <laughs> it was uh, an ordeal for me. It's a long story, but um, it went fantastically. The event was great. My uh, position uh, doesn't reflect my multi-bike changes and ordeals throughout the whole time, but. Well, why don't you tell yeah. us about a couple of those? What's the first ordeal you hit when you got down there? Well, the first ordeal was that my uh, I ride a Yamaha R6, and we don't really have a a great relationship. It's a little abusive <laughs> from both sides, I would say. And, uh, yeah, it, it ended that particular time about not even maybe two kilometers in. And uh, I hit a guardrail after... Uh, Oh, no. The guardrail. Misjudging a gearing selection. So, there was no recovering from that one when you're in the middle of nowhere in Mexico. Our six parts aren't readily available. Sure. I have I've written down here that they switched you over to a Husky. How did that go? Well, it, it was a really nice setup Husky that was, uh, that was kindly lent to me by my friend Dave Thomas. And uh, it was perfect perfect for the job the first um the first run i did on it was fantastic it felt great 
um, just took it easy. And then the second second practice of the day, right on the bottom section, which is flat out, the uh, shifter decided to depart from the bike. Oh, God. Which left me, well, don't even get me started on a rant about KTM design. Yeah, I'm not a fan either. You haven't either. got time for that. That is the worst <laughs> design you could ever imagine a shifter to be. Yeah. But um, that left me in top gear for the whole hill climb, which uh, is not an ideal gear. Yeah, I bet you there were just are, chugging up the hill. <laughs> there are much better gears to be in for that hill climb. But um, all in, that particular run, I think, was a – that one put me in at 17 minutes and 20 seconds, even with the shifter gone. Well, that's not that too bad. You read some of the times off, and that was you know, still pretty competitive. So, Considering all that, 10th is not too bad. That's a pretty respectable time. I, I figured out how to, to hold the pace and keep it from bogging down too much. So I had fun. That was the main thing. Any trick to that that and, you're willing uh, to share with the group? Or is that a, a racer's so secret? For race day, race day, we dropped it down a gear. And uh, fourth felt felt pretty damn good uh, on the first run. And then when we got back to the pits, there didn't seem to be any fuel left for me. Oh. So I did my final race run, which was going extremely good on a hope and a prayer and uh, ran out of fuel about one kilometer from the finish. Oh, man, that is quite the ordeal. Alex is back, and uh, Stuart's just been telling us about all the different problems he ran into on the hill climb. Despite all that, still finished pretty well, I think, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Well, hey, Stuart. How hey. you doing, Stuart? I just went across to get a couple of pints for Wade and myself. And, uh, yeah, actually, it's great the Milk Crate got on the phone and, uh, you know, was talking and stuff. Uh, usually, I like my first question is, what's your favorite color? Uh, Purple. Okay, well, oh, ah, that was a perfect answer. I was messing with you, but that's that's Wade's color. Yar, yar. You know, he's been running. Everything he's ever had is purple, so yar. Well, I've seen how Wade dresses, so. I mean, <laughs> yar. Uh, it depends on his mood, I'm sure. So, Stuart, what you know, uh, Stuart, I saw at one point, uh, you're from Laxey? Yes, I am. Wow. Yep. Uh, yeah, you are. And uh, so you, you're now here in the in the, in the states. Um, I live in uh, Verde, Nevada, so oh. just outside of Reno. Okay, so yeah, I, I, I'm a little off on the information I looked up. Reno, nice. I have a friend living out so, there. But yeah, I grew up. I I'm originally from the Isle of Man, and I left there when I was uh, 23, I guess I'd say. Wow. Yeah, you are. <laughs> and. Um, mm. I heard that you were brave enough to race in a Royal Enfield and ended up uh, uh, at the, uh, at the uh, <laughs> you know, uh, Baja International Tourist Cup. Uh, how did you end up racing a Royal Enfield at the Baja International Tourist Cup? And you came six, well, six by know, the way. I'm you are. One of those that <laughs> I will race anything. Of course. Clearly. Awesome. You rock. Um, and Bridget had taken her Royal Enfield down for the hill climb. Okay. But uh, it turns out the flat track Royal Enfield is uh, not really suited to the high-speed flat-out roads unless you're a fat kid. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> it, uh, it, 
I mean, I just wanted I wanted to race. I'd come all that way, so I'll race anything. And uh, of course, That's... once you get the weight adjusted accordingly, you could control the violent and terrifying shakes that it would get, and. Uh, <laughs> and it actually became quite a fun ride. Well, actually, uh, you'll probably be sponsored by Royal Enfield next year once they hear of your uh, placing in such uh, sixth place, top ten <laughs> at the Baja International Tourist Cup. And uh, yeah, you're one of the few brave people to actually do that. That's, that's pretty pretty cool. And uh, how often can you say you raced a Royal Enfield in an international race? Exactly. Right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you don't get to race the Royal Enfield yeah. in Mexico very often. You could actually make so a T-shirt out of that. that. Uh, yeah, you could make a yep. T-shirt. Yep. <laughs> that's awesome that's really really cool so uh, you also raced earlier at the San Pedro Martin Hill Climb uh, and uh, I believe you placed 10th on the hill uh, what were you racing? Oh, well we just had a bit of a run through that and uh, I, I raced uh, started with an R6 that didn't go very didn't work out for me Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, and then uh, we moved on to a, a Hasvana 450 that was lent to me nice uh, yeah, it seems a lot yeah. of my boys who are running singles up the up the hill there. Um, how how did you like the uh, Husky, and uh, what did you how did you feel about the course? Um, other than the engineering, the Husky was fantastic. <laughs> um, <laughs> I would never own a KTM myself, and it just uh, it proved it proved to me why yet again. Yeah. Um, great to ride, never own one. That's what I'll say. But the uh, course-wise, um, uh, going up there, going, uh, yeah, as far as, uh, you know, running running it, uh, have you ever road raced before? Um, no, that was my first official road race. I mean, I grew up on the Isle of Man, so no speed limits and uh, Proper, motorcycling, yeah. so yes. I wouldn't say it's the Proper. first time I've raced on the roads, <laughs> but uh, it's the first official road race I've done. Nice. And uh, overall, I mean, uh, yeah, did you have a great time? I mean, uh, how did you, did you, was it what, everything you expected? <laughs> it was, uh, it was everything I hoped it would be and more. So Awesome. That's a, that's a better answer. I never intended to do the hill climb. Um, I work in the snowmaking industry, so. I saw that. Right I was going to ask you about that. You, you actually make weather. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, I have a party right now coming is up. not a good time of year for me to be taking time off. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, uh, that being said, um, you end up doing it anyhow. Yep. My, uh, a good friend of mine, actually a Canadian road racer, um, put me in touch very early stages of the Baja Tourist Cup. And uh, I was very interested in that. And it worked perfectly in spring. There's not much snow getting made. Gotcha. And uh, so I, was, I got involved in that. And then as with the with the postponings and things like that. It, yeah, it changed to an, uh, an uh, autumn thing. Yeah, mm. and I was already pretty committed and I'd already got excited about it, so I thought, uh, screw it, I'll take time off in the worst time I possibly can and, and go and go for it. And uh, you did great, and you finished, and you have a lot of stories. And uh, you are, right? <laughs> yeah, that's, and that's what I went down there for, is just to... To meet a bunch of people and hang out in Mexico and just have a good time with people and come back with some good stories. I mean, you can't beat it. It's a race vacation. Yeah, <laughs> That's exactly. What I call it. It was, it was uh, yeah. 
Yeah. Great vacation is a great way. Well, I mean, you, you really can't replicate uh, that that type of weekend. Uh, you had nothing to do but be there and race your bike and eat and sleep and be there and until you were done. And, it was uh, great. And nobody spoke English except the crew. <laughs> and uh, also, I mean, you guys were all pioneers in, in a respect. So, I mean, um, yeah, you were all uh, kind of there and um, doing it for the first time. So that's kind of a, a unique bond as well because uh, you really don't know. You know uh, uh, where you're at and what's up and what's going on. And yeah, and if if nobody's willing to give things a try, then it's never going to get off the ground. So somebody <laughs> right? has to be first. And uh, you know, uh, Pedro Valdez Valdez, uh, you know, thank you very much. You know, I mean, you did yeah. a great job. I mean, uh, you know, uh, I've I've been communicating with him, and I just want to just keep keep advertising here on Racers Alley and make this happen for next year. And like Wade says, friends will tell friends, and friends will tell friends, and. Uh, Hope to get at a bigger, bigger event for sure, you know, and uh, yeah, go from there, right? We don't want it to get too big though, because it was pretty, pretty nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it was a great sized group just hanging out. the The ranch was beautiful. Awesome. Uh, yeah. So uh, you you camped outside at the Rancho Bailing? Yep, I actually uh, went back to my roots. I've been known to. To be the guy that sleeps under the bleachers at Chuck Waller in the hammock and uh, <laughs> Button Willow in, in my hammock. So I actually I, uh, took my hammock down there and just strung it up between uh, some heavy equipment. And that was my bed. It was, it was no, great. Until that, wasn't it over near the chicken coop? <laughs> oh, the, yeah. The first night I put it next to the rooster cage and didn't notice the rooster in there. Oh, boy. He is lo he's lucky I'm not armed. <laughs> <laughs> wake up call for sure right <laughs> oh three oh no it's like 415 <laughs> <laughs> yeah we've been there especially if you gotta go racing hard uh, right on Stuart you know um yeah uh is there any uh anyone you want to thank out there as far as sponsors anything like that um sponsor wise just uh i ride for the carters guys like sam and uh dave thomas do so nice. obviously thanks to Jesse and Leah for all the track time that's uh that goes into preparing for these kind of events. Yeah, and you know. then obviously my wonderful wife and child for trusting me to go off and race in Mexico without Without stressing too much. Exactly. I uh, hope you brought him back a gift or something, little donkey. But anyways, uh, yeah, you know, uh, I think that's great. And uh, are you planning on racing AFM next year? I will be doing oh, some no, you're, AFM. You're in I, Reno. Get, I get a little bored of Thunder Hill. Gotcha. Especially being there with the Carters guys all the time, so... <laughs> I like to go to Utah and race with those guys. And I uh, wish I could say Chuck that. Chuck Walla, the CVMA. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, you get around to doing a few tracks. Yep, and I'm intending on doing the Manx Grand Prix next year, as well as start trying to work out the logistics for Cookstown and Tendrigy. I would love to follow you Ooh. on that. I just gotta get Cookstown shit together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, what would you be racing over there? I've got a CBR 600 that's still on the Isle of Man with my family. Really? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Ooh. So, Ooh. I'm already, I've been trying to sign up for the last two years and uh, getting, well, things getting got, bad luck. So hopefully this year's the year. Yeah, that would be great. Uh, we'll talk about that for sure in the future. 
you know uh it's my yeah. dreams to get back there but i just gotta get here a little before i can get back over there which is you know wonderful and uh yeah we got a lot of folks yeah. here who want to go out there again and uh yeah hopefully we will so that's awesome <laughs> so uh right now um well, let's see here. I guess uh, you can always call in here at uh, Racers Alley here in the heart of the mission and, uh, you know, uh, give us what's going on. And uh, actually, you know, uh, next time, if you want to, you know, talk a little bit more about any of the racing here in the San Pedro Matir Hill Climb or the Baja International Tourist Cup, you can. Yeah, well, I'm uh, I'm always happy to, to talk about our experience and hopefully try and encourage more people to go down there. It was a great time. Yeah, you are. And uh, Wade, yeah, it's like, uh, got anything to say here as far as, uh, did you guys actually get together and hang out? A little bit, but at, at, at the dinners and stuff we had, and, uh, the, at, at the uh, hill climb, there wasn't that much hanging out. You went and got dinner, you went and found the um, meeting. Mm-hmm. The meeting was in the wrong build, wrong spot. Gotcha. I said it was supposed to be over here, but yeah. So yeah, you, um, so it's a little hard. Okay. But yeah. uh, next year, uh, make it a little easier. Yeah. Everyone to be able to hang out and stuff. <laughs> well, the house, the house that Crispin and uh, and his brother got for us was pretty. Made that a lot easier. Yeah, was really that nice. was dynamite. Nice. Made the whole end of the... Uh, pa- it was even good for Pedro, because Pedro didn't have a place to do the ceremony. So it worked out for everybody all the way around. Nice. So, uh, so I, guess I, I guess I do have another sponsor to thank. Crispin Baca. Thank you very much for the, <laughs> the hospitality and giving us a... Yeah, Chris, a Crispin and James. The, yeah, both like of them. Well, I think they're around. We should get them on the show. Yeah, they're right across the bay. <laughs> yeah, so I'll, I'll get him on the show for sure, Stuart, and we'll get you a call He's in at the same time. He's an entertaining one. He'll, he'll be good for you. Oh, yeah. No, uh, he, he and uh, Chucky. and uh, Yeah, he, he's a name we know. <laughs> you are, you are. Right on. Well, Stuart, uh, you have a great evening. Thank you for calling in here to Races Alley here at Meet Any Radio. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we hope to hear from you again. And congratulations on your 10th on the uphill. And, uh, boy, uh, you're six on a Royal Enfield. You can cross that one off your bucket list. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't think I'll get that opportunity again. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. Thanks for calling in, Stuart. All right. Have a good night, guys. All right. Cheers, All right. mate. Good night. Cheers. You wouldn't want to, like, get on a, on a top placing on a Royal Enfield. That's kind of one of those very, very few things. Yeah. Thank you, uh, uh, Stuart Clotworthy, for calling in. Uh, he was uh, also part of the uh, San Pedro Monteiro Hill Climb and the uh, Baja International Tourist Cup. And uh, Andrew Gower uh, called in earlier. I'm still trying to figure out how to say his last name. And uh, Samuel Gluss uh, called in as well. Thank you, uh, all, all three of you, for calling in uh, to our show. And we hope more racers from the uh, Baja uh, International Tourist Cup and the uh, San Pedro Monteiro Hill Climb call in. Um, as, the, as the weeks go on, we will be off next week uh, for... Uh, uh, Thanksgiving, but we'll be what? here a week after <laughs> Turkey Day. Yeah, yeah. Actually, Pam's gonna have a big thing here, but it's just a you know private. Uh, oh, it's a Turkey Day. It's Turkey Day next Thursday. Hey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so happy Thanksgiving to all you out there, and may you have a great happy time. Turkey. Yeah, yeah. Happy Turkey Day and Milk Crate. Thank you for uh, playing the tunes. We're gonna oh, shut out a little early tonight, and. Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, Mike still ain't working. All right, uh, we'll figure this out next time, next show. <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you for listening to Mutiny Radio and uh, Racers Alley. Cheers.
We're joined by Aaron Atkins right now. I think I chose the wrong song for you. No, no, that was it. Don, that's Don, Don Kuduro, man. Oh, that's, that's it. That's it. It's, it's the a... it's it's rapping in Spanish. Do you understand the Spanish? Uh, emotionally. Sweet. Well, then we'll listen I to the rest of the song and we'll come back and discuss its emotional timber here. <laughs> Yay, Aaron's here. That was amazing. Uh, my favorite part, though, in the video was watching the one token white girl dance not yeah. as great as the other ladies. No. On that big-ass yacht? On the big, I know. They're on a boat. That, that's my, how I my, knew that it was going to be rap. My, my favorite part of that music video is, like, when they introduce the yacht, and it has, like, the spy. It has, like, the spy text come up where, you know, it's, like, the green line, and it, like, types it out on the screen. Like, a top-secret yacht location. What a great song. Yeah, what a generational banger. It's uh it, I was dancing here in the studio. You can't not dance. You can't not It's impossible. Shake your booty to the to the dulcet tones of uh, where did you I, find that song, Aaron? From my upbringing in a Latino neighborhood. All right. That is that song. The accordion owes everything to Don Bacuduro. When that song comes on, when that came on at YMCA camp Holy shit. Holy, you stop what you're doing and you get down to that shit. I don't understand. I, I, I understand ca, la cabeza. I heard the cabeza too. I was like, head. Okay, they're, set, they're talking head. about head. Yeah, exactly. Got it. Yeah. I'm like, I'm <laughs> Apparently in. Apparently the lyrics, the lyrics are just like generic, like 2000s club music. It's like, get moving. We're just getting started. <laughs> Take your head. 
dance to Kaduro. Danza Kaduro means dance to Kaduro, I think. So, well, you're it's... not missing much. So, <laughs> the emotion is there. Right. So, poetically, we don't necessarily have to understand the words to get the feeling. And the feeling oh, of that honestly, was Shake Your Booty. It's Shake Your Booty, yeah. yeah. Just get down to this crazy song. And honestly, here's, I, I think it's one of the perfect songs of all time because it, it transcends language in that sense because it's just a fucking banger, yeah. you know? It just bangs. And that, that accordion riff is so catchy, it's impossible to, like, whistle or recreate fully, so you have to listen to the song to get satisfied. It never gets old. For the They're catharsis. Still, they keep layering it with, like, auto-tune Spanish shit. It's just, it's so good. And it just, it goes hard from the gate. Uh, dance, dance, revolution. Uh, yes. D- I mean, that's, well, that's the thing. Does it matter? Some I guess po- poetry is, like, words, and music is music. And sometimes people right. put them together, but it doesn't require a literal understanding to communicate sure. the feeling, so. Oh, yeah, I think that lyrics in general, I mean, you don't need to, they don't, you don't need to understand the meaning. Like, like I was talking about Bob Dylan a while ago, where it's like, you, you know, this is, is nonsense. I'm sorry, dude, I'm sorry. It's just kind of nonsense, but it sounds great. For some reason, it's like, it's like comedy, where, like, the word duty is just funny. No one knows why it's funny. It's just funny, you know? And the same emotional response is elicited from, Shit that sounds hella deep, and I guess in this case, just sounds hard as fuck. I have no idea what they're saying. It's the notes. It's just, I I can mumble along. I don't know, phonetic Spanish. It's just a good song. Yeah. Uh, is there a lot of Spanish spoken right now where you are in the world? In New Mexico? I mean, it's called New Mexico. Is everybody speaking Spanish, or did we just gentrify the fuck out of it? Uh, it's pretty gentrified. It's mostly old white people. I fucking oh my god! I gotta tell you, Pam. Yeah, yeah. I'm so I'm I'm out here. I'm trying to pay my way, essentially. You know, I'm helping pay for where I'm staying by like painting some houses. I'm doing some yard work, right? Yeah. And I'm doing yard work in this like in this lot for this for my neighbor, and I'm just you know cutting weeds and shit. I'm doing a good job, right? And this, these old ladies like you know they stay up and like oh you want to do my line next? I'm like yeah sure I'll do it for like ten bucks, you know? And I'm like I make it clear I'm like I'm not very I'm not doing a throw, a deep, deep clean, you know? Like, I will cut down the big-ass weeds you got, and I'll haul them off. But I'm not, I'm not a professional, you know? I'm not, like, ten bucks, I mean, does it take you an hour? Because ten bucks an hour is not even minimum wage, so they're getting a smoking deal. They're getting a fucking rock-ass deal. And And you could take your shirt off, and they could take pictures of you and masturbate to it later, so that would be great. You don't even realize my love handles. I got the McDonald's logo on my side. It's fucking... (laughs) I got such bad... I don't know how to get rid of them, but... No, but, like, that's what I said. I was like, you know, I got a scythe, and I got this weed whacker. Like, I'll cut down the big stuff, and I'll haul them off, and, like, I'll pull out as much as I can. But for the most part, like, it's just... It's kind of basic. It's just you don't get a ticket, because they'll give you a ticket if you have hella weed. Of course, yeah, it's... uh... And the first lady is like, get off my property. So fucking livid that I didn't pull everything and break everything. I was like, it's 10 bucks. Yeah. And then I could have gotten this done for 30. And I was like, yeah, that's $20 more. Then pay someone else to do whatever. She got super pissed at me. I told her, if she, I told her, like, she's like, the only reason I'm not doing it is I have ads on. I'm like, then buy a fucking inhaler and do it yourself. It'll be the same price. Like, it's just fucking ridiculous. And another lady across the street was like, you can do mine. 
And I was like, sure thing. To be clear, I want to make it abundantly clear again, because apparently it wasn't, that I'm going to be cutting. I'm just going to whack the stuff, right? Whack it down. Yeah, that's all I want. I just want you to whack the tall stuff down. You're You're cleaning up the crash site. Yeah, and so I do that. I cut down. Her entire backyard is just full of these big, long-ass weeds, and I cut them all down to about, you know, like probably about two inches off the ground. Yeah, like grass. Them, you know? Like grass weeds. It's like, yeah, like grass, you know? It's like, I mean, that's what I said I do, right? And then I'm like, okay, because the other lady got mad at me. I'm just I'm going to pull them out. I'm going to try to go the extra mile for this lady, pull stuff out, try to, to get as much as I possibly can. And she doesn't even look at the work I did in the backyard. She's just like, it's unacceptable. Like, why? She doesn't even know, because apparently she thought the bushes, she's senile. She thought the bushes were weeds. She wanted her whole front yard totally gone. Well, this actually sounds... She wanted everything gone. This sounds like an amazing euphemism that you are like a waxer. Like, I've just, uh, my brain went that instead of dealing with the actual shrubbery, you were dealing with the actual bush, and she was getting angry. That would be a funny, like, (laughs) misdirect if you're like, I was chopping down all this old bush. Wow. you think for 10 bucks they'd be happy, but no. No, they were like. No, 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 no. She said, she gave me five bucks, and she was like, come back tomorrow, and you can do the rest. I was like, all right, whatever. I come back the next day. Kind of pissed already, because I'd already done, like, two hours of work by that time. For 10, for five bucks? I should be getting more. But I come back, and you know what she says? She said she's going to call the cops on me because when I left, she looked outside and apparently someone had left trash next to her trash bin. It was like a box for an old air conditioner and some window shades next to her trash can. And she thought I did that shit. And she was like, I'm going to, she's like, she called, fucking called the cops on me because she thought that I left window shades in an air conditioner box next to her trash can when I came to fucking cut weeds. I, I, and, no good and deed I, and, and goes unpunished. No good deed goes unpunished. I took everything in me to not go back and just empty out all the fucking leaves. Fuck you, pay me, dude. I don't care. Fuck you, pay me. I, uh, I, didn't, I didn't do it. I'm a great guy. I had to rant about I've been ranting about this lady so livid because the first day I was so angry at both of them. And I was like, I'm putting aside to come back and do it. And they just reignited my anger. Well, you're on national air. You're, national well, you're, you're, you're choosing the wrong. You're choosing the wrong place to. Um, okay, so you're doing the outside of the house. Now I say go on the inside of the house because when they don't pay you enough money, you go into their medicine cabinet. You get all of those old Percocets they've oh never taken. Oh, my God, yeah. Like, that's the trick. They, is don't do – got to do the outdoor for, for almost free, right? So you're outdoor doing it yeah. for free, 10 bucks, because you earn their trust. Oh, clean your bathroom. You earn their trust, and then you go in and clean their bathroom for $10. And they're senile anyway. They don't remember, and they shouldn't they be taking yeah. those Percocets anyways. There's no reason that they should be oh, taking them. They're probably expired. They're not going to be good for them. You're helping them out. So they what I say – Gain the trust. Get inside. Bathroom cleaning. I'm just, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I just, yes, that's what I'm saying. If you a, want to listen to him. That's how I actually got started on this thing. My friend's grandpa died, and he basically inherited, like, 200 pills. Yeah. And now it's like, whenever any of my friends grandparents die, I'm like, damn. Yeah. You go in, in the. <laughs> so is he, Go in the bathroom. Shit, uh, Check it out. Can I because use your bathroom? It's um, okay. it's always good to have a pharmacologist friend. Uh, I have a pharmacologist on speed dial. He's been a buddy of mine since oh, yeah. college, and um, he loved drugs so much in college 
used to used to at 420 there was a show on called Darkwing Duck and so back in the 90s weed was illegal so it was like an underground thing and we'd say like hey man are we gonna Darkwing Duck and we'd all like get together and smoke and it was called Darkwing Ducking anyways so now his name is Dr. Aaron Ginsberg and he's a real pharmacologist he gave up drugs in the 90s because he loved them so much that he dedicated his life to the study of drugs uh, and dumb. he's a badass. And so, like, That's the difference between an addict and an abuser. Well, I would. The thing is, I would. I would text him. So there was a night where there was both Molly and cocaine available, and I texted him, and I'm like, "Dude, what happens when you do them together?" He's like, "Don't do it. Don't do it. Just don't even do it. It's a waste. It's a waste of both drugs. You're gonna." What? Yeah, and I. I kind of agree. Wrong. It's it. It takes all. It takes all the goodness of Molly. And it makes it bad, and it it's confusing. It didn't work. I didn't. I didn't. Well, I didn't do it because he told me not to. But I saw I, other I people doing it. And my I was like, only that problem was a with it is that the coke runs out before the Molly does, and you come down, and then you're emo, <laughs> and then you feel all the pain exquisitely. <gasps> yeah, so. but not fully because you're still on Molly a little bit. A little bit. Like, yeah, I just gotta smoke a couple bowls, pump it back up. That's been my yeah. uh, that's been my thing I've been looking for lately. I wanna I wanna find some of that, but it's hard in these COVID times, and I live in the but tenderloin. Molly? Yeah, Molly in the COVID times is hard. Molly's to find. the only thing that I can get from like these like really professional white drug dealers that deal through like WhatsApp. Oh, I know. Like, yeah, it's really weird. Like, I know sure. a couple guys. I'm not I'm not saying names, but I know no, some no, like, people that are really game. like. All the drug dealers I know in Chicago are really professional, sending out like menu texts every week and being like, "Wow, stop by for COVID." And like, Molly's one thing that they all have. That's so funny. The future is now. Well, the future is today. The future is <laughs> yeah. The future is happening right now. Well, when I walk down, so every day, I don't walk at night here anymore because it is frightening, and I don't like to take the bus because it's even scarier than walking. And I do have a stick that I True. carry that I can whack people with if I do have. I mean, I'm not afraid, but I'm still, you I want to like, be aware. Do you carry, like, pepper spray or something? Or? Do I what? Do you carry, like, pepper spray or, like, No, no. Weapon? I have a, um, I have a one by two, a one inch thick by two inch wide stick that's about two and a half feet long that a child I used to nanny for wrapped in, like, silver tape and painter's tape so it looks like a sword. And she wrapped Ooh. it up for me and gave it to me for Christmas one year because she found out where I lived, and she lives in the Mission, and she found out I lived in the Tenderloin, and she went there once, and she was like, that's where you live? And so when I – she gave me this present. It was all wrapped <laughs> up. I opened it up on Christmas, and I talked to her, and she's like, I just want you to be safe. And this is, like, an 8-year-old girl. Now she's in high school, which is amazing, but she gave me this stick. So I keep it in my – backpack now and I've practiced I leave it just a little bit unzipped so that I can put my hand behind myself push it up pull it out and um I'm not gonna kill anybody with it because what if I have to whack them away well if I whacked them in the head I could hurt them pretty hard but I don't I'm gonna whack them in the shins because it'll hurt mm. so much and I'm always wearing tennies so I can run away no big deal it's, and That's a good time. it's gonna it's gonna solve the problem because in, if I whack them in the shins they're gonna bend over and be like it's going to hurt a lot. It's going to bruise them, but it's not going to kill them. So I don't want to like, whack someone in the head and give them a concussion. No, that's not cool. And none of this has that's ever cool. happened. If they try to rob you, that sounds cool. I mean, that seems 